Welcome back to another episode of the Fast Break Layup NBA podcast. Your boy Samuel here. We got Jalil here. Jalil, say what's up. What up, what up, what up? We got Frankie here. Frankie, say what's up. Bow, what's good? All right. The NBA is back, y'all. We had some scrimmages the last couple days. So... Before we get into breaking down some of the scrimmages and then talking about what players we're looking forward to, got some headlines to cover from the last couple of days. So NBA awards voting is actually going to take place from the it actually started the 21st and is going to take place until the 28th. And the awards will be announced during the playoffs. So how are we feeling about that? Um, I guess they have no choice but to announce it during the playoffs. They should have never stopped doing it. I was I was literally just about to say, like, they should have always kept that format. The award show has always been, like, something that was, like, corny to me. I don't know how y'all felt about the award show because I was Same. never really a fan of it. I mean, so. it's, it, it's cute. I feel like if the NBA wants to get into the realm of the NFL, they have to start doing those similar type things, like having that award show where they come and everyone – you know, the whole NFL is present and they give out the awards and all that good stuff. I think it's good for the NBA. I think it's good for the individual players. But I just feel like sometimes the NBA does do it a little corny, like you said. Like, it, it is a little corny. I don't like the way it is. I don't watch the NFL one either. But I don't. Yeah, it's corny. Yeah. So, I mean, I hope that they keep up with this. You know, sometimes things need to happen in order for change to happen. So. Maybe this thing was a positive in a way, not saying that the coronavirus is something that's good, but it allows for the NBA to go back to its roots in a way where the awards are announced during the playoffs. And then it's a, it's a shame that the players don't get to present the awards in front of their home fans like they used to. But hopefully if they continue with this going forward, possibly next year, we can have them returning to doing that again. Definitely, definitely. All right, next headline, we got zero coronavirus cases in the bubble among the 340-plus players that they've tested. So pretty good. So far, so good. I mean, last time they did it, it was about three players, and then everyone was like, okay, that's pretty good. So now we're at the point – we're already at the point very quickly where there's zero cases. So it shows that if people just isolate, wear masks and whatnot, then this thing can be contained to a certain extent. So – there's that yeah um i think other major sports um i don't even know what you would call them major sports companies well like places like the mlb the nfl oh, sports leagues sports leagues that's the word i'm looking for whatchamacallit i think they should all take notes because the nfl training camp is getting closer and we haven't heard anything at all yeah, that's a very legit. Like, we still don't even know if they're if we're gonna be watching football this season or next season. Yeah, I mean, as of right now, I guess we are. But you know, you I feel like think about the safety of the players too. With the NFL, it's a little more difficult to get a bubble going again. I know I said I feel like I might have said this last week, but yeah, you, know, you did a lot of personnel. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of people in the NFL roster and then like the staff in order to right and they got to go through a whole 17 weeks plus playoffs 
That's and then where would that bubble even be where you can house that many people? I mean, I mean, NBA um, rosters are relatively smaller, and like the staff that they they travel with are yeah, relatively smaller, so it's easier really to do something like that. Practice unless they um unless you know they go to like colleges, you take like thirty teams, thirty all thirty two go to like you know four different colleges, split them up. Might have different like practice fields or some shit. I don't know. But the you thing know, about that is in a dorm. But the thing about that also is that um the colleges are actually starting to start training. Like I've I've noticed like some videos on social media of um po- um college basketball players and I think college football players they're getting back into training and getting into their camps and whatnot. So their colleges are most colleges are already occupied right now by the sports team the sports teams that are already there. So there's that too. Oh, wow, that has to be unfortunate for some of the students. Yeah, like I noticed like North Carolina and Kentucky, like they're already gotten back to like, they're starting to train with their new their new recruits, their new rosters, so. Yeah, man, I don't see too much. I, if the NFL decides to go through with this, we might see a lot of stars back in now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Next headline we got is the Jumpman will now be featured on all 30 teams statement jerseys. There are alternate uniforms and the first new jerseys, I guess, to be revealed were the Hawks new uniforms. I don't know if you guys got a chance to see those. I did. Yeah, so. I was uh, I was thinking to myself, I was like, what other teams would you guys like to see prob- probably get new uniforms that like are a little bit outdated now, I guess? Um. I would say Charlotte, but they just got new new uniforms like a couple of years ago. I don't really like them. Um, yeah. Let's see. New. I feel like everybody teams actually like nowadays teams are are getting more more uniforms. But one, I don't like them. Two, I feel like every now and again teams should just go back to their throwback jerseys. Like I don't get why no one likes their throwback jerseys, as if most teams throwback jerseys are better than the jerseys they have now. Like the, the Raptors have nice jerseys right now. One, I got to give them credit. They're doing their thing. But that dinosaur on that jersey is too much. And if Kawhi Leonard was hooping out in that, whoo, that would have been something they, beautiful to watch. They wore, I think they wore them earlier this year too. I think that's their alternate for this year. And they sometimes the teams, they change the alternates from year to year and sometimes they keep them. One team I was thinking about personally as a Knicks fan, I mean, the, the Knicks have kind of kept the same uniform yeah. for a while. And then like a lot of a lot of people are fan favorites of the 90, the, the, the jerseys that they wore during the 96, 97 season up to like the, the early 2000s, like the ones that had a, like the black accents on them. I, I don't see, know if I know. you... You know what I'm talking about, right? A lot of yeah. people will want it, want the Knicks to like wear those again, and I would have no problem with those because I think those jerseys look nice. But I would also like to see them come out with like possibly like a black uniform because I mean, the Knicks have like always been around like centered like really bright orange and like white and blue, and I know they have these navy uniforms that they've been wearing the last couple years. I I wouldn't mind keeping those either. I I like I those the navy for the Knicks, but. The NBA has been moving away from the old mesh style jerseys and now, you know, jerseys are starting to become a lot more fabric and knitted. Like you saw LeBron rip his sleeves off. Why do you have to rip your sleeves off? Why do you even have sleeves? Yeah, the the sleeve jerseys were a horrible era. It wasn't necessarily a horrible era because they weren't terrible. But some of them were bad. Some of them were bad. Like, I don't know if y'all remember a couple like it was like. 
when the Warriors had like Jared Jack on their team, they had like these pinstripe jerseys. I know exactly the ones you're talking about. Bro, those were horrible. I'm weak. Fire too, though. What happened? I said the old Warriors jerseys were fire too. I don't those understand why the NBA just doesn't. I feel like on a year anniversary, like you know how the NFL just came off their hundredth season. Mm-hmm. I think when the NBA gets to like a uh, an important mark for the whole season, they all just wear their throwback jerseys. That would I be think fire. That would be nice, and it would it would give it a level of promotion. And like I said, the NBA is getting away from doing things like all decade accomplishments and teams and recognition. Like I feel like all decade teams should get varsity lettermans stuff that'd like be, that. That would be cool. Cause like, even when you get into the NFL hall of fame, you get that gold jacket and you get to put it on. Like that's fire. And you know, what would be even fire. better having, having the, f- having the fans involved, like have the fans vote, which Jersey they would like to bring back for that year. Yeah, like which throwback jersey they could bring back. That would actually be super fire, too. We deserve it, especially since we can't go to no games. The word, like have us involved some way or another, because like we miss those those jerseys. Like those jerseys are actually, some of them are actually better than what current teams wear today. So Those old Orlando jerseys, stupid fire. Facts. Stupid fire. Oh, definitely. The Hawks used to have some good uniforms, too. I was about to say, though, even the Hawks throwback was dumb. The yeah. teams with trash throwbacks are low-key the Celtics and Lakers, and that's <laughs> their throwbacks are low-key wild basic. But the Lakers have some fire throwbacks because at a point they were the Minneapolis Lakers. Those and light blue joints. Yeah, those were stupid. Yeah, those? Were those? They need to bring those back. Now, nah, that's the definition of drip level 10. No lie. <laughs> All right, we got um, Sabonis. He's actually dealing with plantar f- fasciitis. It's a foot issue where you like deal with like a, a certain amount of pain on your heel and like the arch of your foot. So that's why he wasn't playing in today. We're recording this on Thursdays. Thursdays scrimmage against the Portland Trailblazers. And I don't think he's going to play in any of the scrimmages, but they said that they will probably try him out in the seeding games and then probably we'll go full out with him during the playoffs. So that was always one problem I had. Well, that's a problem that I have with big men in the NBA. They're too fragile. You know, a guy like Sabonis is you're not, you're not sure how he's going to play with someone who's very physical because sometimes players who are very physical get the best of him. And I feel like, you know, though he has solid fundamentals, you know, you're in the NBA and this is a league of grown men. So some of them will just physically overwhelm you. And if that's the case, that means without using any skill, he can just physically overwhelm you, which is why Giannis is so dominant because he can physically overwhelm just about any player in a one-on-one situation in the NBA, which is what makes him so like such a dominant force. And the same thing with Shaquille O'Neal, same thing with Will Chamberlain. Like when you, when you're, when you have that level of physical dominance, you know, you start to, do some crazy things. And like I said, but in reference to Sabonis, I just, he doesn't have that level of physical aggression. That doesn't mean you can't be a great player because there are some great players who are not known for their physical dominance. Like Tim Duncan isn't a particularly physical player, but he's an all time great. Same thing with Dirk all time. Great. But I think the best big men are those who can be physical, but big men always get injured. But you know, uh, uh, on the higher end of durability because availability is the best ability. 
And Facts. if you can't count on you to be there because you're hurt, that's a problem. Well, I mean, it's good that he's care of their bodies, man. Facts. Somebody better ask LeBron for the secret or something because this don't make no sense. Real talk, <laughs> give up the training, give up the diet plan, something. Because Joel Embiid, he he just gets sick. Like, you know what the thing with Joel Embiid too? I like I don't know if y'all saw him during his Kansas days. He was looking like Kevin Garnett physique, like prime Kevin Garnett physique, and oh, like. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what happened in between that and draft night? College too much, so I, I personally don't know. You know what happened? It was the foot injury, and he probably started to slack off on like his like training and whatnot, maybe. And you know when know guys go through injuries. Guy. I have a friend who lives in Philly, and he knows you know a little bit about the Sixers. And from what I understand, Joel Embiid has a very bad diet. Like he's the type to you know crash some Taco Bell, and you know it's not terrible, but you know you're an NBA. You gotta have some discipline. Yeah, you got to understand what you're putting in your body when your body is worth $200 million, maybe. Good word. That's a fact. I'd be surprised when I'd be seeing some of them be like, yeah, I eat fast food and stuff like that. I eat Wendy's. Like, after the game, bro? After the <laughs> game, bro. You just lost, bro. <laughs> <laughs> after the game, bro? Like You, you just lost the, uh, a national basket, national basketball nationally televised game on live TV lost by 25 points or only thing on your mind is a 4 for 4 like how sway and then and then you wondering why you losing and and the thing about Joel Embiid is I thought after what happened last year seeing him crying I was like you know what it's going to be a wake up call for Joel Embiid you know he's going to get him shape and he's going to come back and he's going to dominate and then he's going to he's going to make he's going to make everybody regret laughing at him and whatnot but nah and for me, the weight isn't even a problem because my whole thing is, and this is a little, I'm getting a little away from the diet point, but Joel Embiid, he doesn't, he doesn't want to play back to the basket. And I feel like that's what holds him back. I don't too. know if he doesn't want to play. I think it's more of he don't he, want the back. Sixers make him play farther away from the basket to, a, a, um, to accommodate for Ben Simmons. Yeah. To space the floor for Simmons. But I think now putting him at the power forward, I mean, we haven't got a chance to see this new lineup, how it looks. Tomorrow we'll get a chance to see. They play against the Grizzlies at 3.30, so that'll be our first glimpse of the new Sixers lineup that they're going to debut. So there's that. But yeah. It should, be, it should be good for the first few games. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it should. I think it will catch a lot of teams off guard. But I think one thing that you lose with putting Ben Simmons at the four now is a really good defensive point guard on help. Because if you think about it, if you have Joel Embiid and somebody else down low handling that type of defense, and now you got a six ten point guard coming on that off the help, you know, you know that definitely does wonders for your defense. Versus now having to find a way to put Shaden Milton in the lineup, and him being a guard, he's going to have to handle some intense defensive responsibilities because the NBA is guard heavy. Well, I mean, with Shake Milton, I don't, I don't, I don't see, a, I don't see that he'll have that much problems because he has the length, and I've seen it, I've seen him play defense. Like he hasn't played a lot. He started playing more towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So, but he's like six five. I know he has like a pretty good wingspan. So I think like those help when you need to defend these guards. It's not going to be everything, but it helps in a way. So yeah, I, I wouldn't mean, worry too much. And and then once once his guard gets past him though he still has to deal with Ben Simmons and probably um, Joel Embiid down low so there's still that. 
that that's that's very true. I, I agree, but he's gonna because I feel like when you move Ben Simmons to the four, you can't really put another non-shooter in the lineup per se. Because at least what I, I mean, I guess you can't have another non-shooter in the lineup with him anyway. But I don't know. That's gonna. I think it's gonna create a lot of defensive stress on their guards, like Jason. I mean, not Jason, Josh Richardson, and um. Well, he's a good defender. So he is a good defender, but it's only but so much Josh Richardson can really do for you. How comfortable Facts. are you with leaving him on on Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum for the whole game? You're okay with that? I don't know. You know, well, I mean, this 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 is the interesting about the bubble and like teams trying out all these new lineups. We'll be able to see so many different things. We'll see how these teams deal with different scenarios, different situations. So definitely, it'll it, it'll be interesting to say the least. All right, so let's get into these scrimmage games that we've been able to see starting Wednesday, actually, yesterday. So, I mean, how are we feeling about the no crowd thing? Because I know it was like it was something that was made like a, a a really big deal of when we first heard about it. It was like, oh man, no crowd that like lessens the intensity. But like, I mean, when you're watching the game, for me personally, I didn't really notice it that much because I was like. I mean, yeah, there is no crowd, but it's not as obvious as, as I thought it was going to be. I don't know if it will be more obvious like when the game starts to really pick up and become more intense. But as of right now, I mean, you don't really notice the crowd that much. I mean, they pumped in some noise for some games, I, I, I realized, more than others. But it wasn't something that I was really like paying attention to so heavily. So how do you guys feel about the, the, the crowd, I guess? To be honest... I didn't really even care that the crowd wasn't there. I was just happy ball was back. Basketball, yeah. Which I'm going to call it. But I think further down the line, like, you know, like, think about how a game seven would look with no fans. Yeah. That's I think a- that's the only thing that would probably, like, make me be like, damn, I wish we had, like, some fans here. But other than that, no, nah, I'm all for this 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 bubble. It might, it might, be, it might be what we needed. It's a good little Facts. pick me up. It is definitely. To a certain extent, I'm with Frankie. I'm really am just glad to be watching basketball. So if that means we have to have no fans, then by all means we cannot have any fans. But like in a tab, like he said, this that's gonna play a real difference at some point. Cause you know, it's different when you're about to be eliminated and it's a road game and mm-hmm. you gotta hit these free throws to win the game and mm-hmm. the crowd yelling at you versus it being dead silent. But I also feel like the dead silence will throw some NBA players off because I know to a certain degree, it has to take a while of getting used to to just going in and out of arenas three, four times a week and having 20,000, 15,000 people yelling to no one being there at all. You know, you've had your moms watching your games all your life and stuff like that to now she can't she can't come watch the game. Things well, like I mean- that. I think it'll it'll shake up some some player psyche, but I feel like this is where I feel like because the settings are adverse, this is where we're really going to find out where these NBA players mental are and how they understand how they need to operate in order to to be successful. This is where champions are made. This is really where champions are made is because it it's so much going on. And as much as there is an asterisk on this year, there really isn't because. Feel me? Who knows if Jordan would have won if they took five months off, you know? For taking five months off, everybody's healthy. Everybody got 
Yeah, I think it's an asterisk in a positive way, though, even if there is still an asterisk. Like a lot of people saying this will be the toughest one that anyone's had to win ever, possibly. So I think there still is an asterisk. But to the point of fans, I think that towards the um, end of the first round, I believe that's when they can allow the families to start coming into the bubble. Okay, that's so. That, I think that add, that there will be some sort of a crowd element there. Plus, there's still the media that's like a lot of reporters are in the crowd that we don't see that are there at the scrimmages now. So I think they are still part of some sort of crowd. So there is a crowd element, and there will be a crowd quote unquote element. So it won't be as extreme to the point of where you're like game seven on the road crowd is like screaming at the top of their lungs. There won't be that, but there will still be some sort of a crowd element. Which will be will be in, it will be interesting to see. I like the idea they had of um sending out the, uh, the floors from everybody's gym and if it's a, your home game, you um they put the home floorboards on and you know that Well, actually they kept the floors neutral. The floors yeah, that they actually like brought that. in, I those were like actually that. for practice. I do not like the neutral floors. I don't know if they'll do that in the playoffs, but I also see heard- what they do. What they do for home court is they they put the video screens up. Like I noticed for the Lakers game that was on today, they had like the Lakers cheerleaders on the screens. Mm-hmm. So that was part of the home court advantage because technically the Lakers were home today, quote unquote, and the Dallas Mavericks were away. So I think they also they also pump in defense chance, and then there's also. Um, there's also like, I don't know if you guys saw the Miami game. They had like on the screens, um, images of the fans, like cheering and whatnot. And they pumped in the noise. So they got sound effects too. Somebody, uh, I think they had a DJ that played the yeet sound effect when somebody missed a free throw. I saw that. (laughs) It was someone from the wizards that missed the free throw and the nuggets announcer played yeet. I wouldn't even expect him to do that. I would, I would <laughs> call me so up. Yeah, nah, that's that. See, now those are mind tricks, but but yeah, that plays into the the illusion of I guess home court that teams will have in the playoffs in um this bubble. So I feel like they they definitely need to make a a much more valiant effort towards making the home games and the playoffs feel more like a home game. I think I've, they will. I've heard ideas fly around like um. They were going to send all the banners out. I think that would be a perfect idea because, you know, at least, you know, you can have that. You have something from your your home stadium, you know, players. Some players have been with their franchise their whole life. And mm-hmm. so that gives them that extra motivation. Seeing the Portland Trailblazer on the floor of your dame or if you're Braun, seeing the Laker on the floor and knowing that Magic Johnson's jersey is hanging above you. Will, Kareem, Kobe, may he forever rest in peace. Just stuff like that. So I think that'll the NBA should should make a push for that. But that might be a lot of work to set all that up every game, though. I think that's why they True. might be slow on that idea. I mean, that that that's probably a very legitimate point, actually. But I mean, I kind of like the court. Yeah, I, I like the really neutral court. The, um, I seen they had the uh, Black Lives Matter thing. That was, that was cool. Yeah, that was nice. Um, but it's like I said, it's just really good to see some type of. It feels like it. It, it kind of like, gives like a feel of like open runs, like Frankie said. Yeah. See, but I don't like the open run vibe because this is not an open <laughs> run. 
<laughs> yeah, now, it's like, you know it's like the finals on the line, but like them yeah. seeing me seeing the teams in their like regular jerseys, it kind of threw me off. I don't know if it was like the color, of the court, but it just looks so weird. Seeing you know what the court of gave me vibes of real jerseys. What <laughs> the court gave me vibes of like the Olympics. You know when the Olympics, how the, yeah. their their courts look very yeah. different from ours. That's, that's how it gave me FIBA stuff, and they want some FIBA stuff. Like yeah, that's what it gave me vibes of. Yeah, I know. But yeah, that boy Bo Bo, we finally got to see him, y'all. Remember we Bo. was. <laughs> we was talking we was talking about him we was talking about them actually playing him at the one and it's funny enough they played Jokic at the one and mm-hmm. they had bowl at the three yeah that's OD they, that whole lineup Murray was crazy back, they, on, they on demon time when, when Jamal Murray come back they on, <laughs> they on demon time I'm not gonna lie they could make a little they could be a dark horse but I doubt they're gonna get like who did they play they played um, I guess the they next say you games or Wait, today. Who did they, who or, did nah, they play like, or who, who they, are uh, they going to play? Who are they supposed to play in the uh, playoffs? In the, in the playoffs? Ooh, let me take a look because I don't. Because right now they stand. See the West standings. It could they could fluctuate even within these short amount of games. Yeah, but That's aren't the they somewhere in the middle of the pack? They are, I think, third or fourth. They are third with they're forty three and twenty two, two games behind the Clippers. So See, they play. And, um, so they will have to play the play Rockets uh, right now. As of right now, they will have to play, play the Rockets. But then, who knows? Things could flip flip between Utah, OKC, Houston, and Dallas because they're all like As within like the Lakers, ahead, Clippers, Nuggets, Thunder, and Rockets have all secured their playoff berth. If I yeah, was the Rockets, the spots, I would not the spots play could still fluctuate until the playoffs. So right now there are only two playoff spots available in the East at seventh and eighth. See the thing about that, Frankie, is that I think you still want James Harden to still get like some type of run in. Yeah. Because he's a shooter. He needs to get hot. He needs it. Yeah. Same with Westbrook. I feel like Westbrook not Westbrook in the sense of shooting, but like Westbrook still needs to like still get out there, get some runs in and whatnot. <clears throat> I feel like they need to get their bad games out of the way because they're going to have them, and they always do. And their, and bad, their game, bad games are horrible. When Russell Westbrook is having a bad game, it's a very bad game. <laughs> when James Harden is having a bad game, it's eight out you of ten. You might as well end the game I mean, and let the other team give said, them a W. Tony said he got a new offense. Who? I don't know. D'Antoni? D'Antoni said he got a new offense. He got a new offense? Oh, boy. Yeah. Another one? They How many they, offenses they are going to try this year? They say that every year, bro, but you they know say that I mean. like every, They say that three times <laughs> a year. Run and gun. <laughs> run and gun. <laughs> shoot the three. I feel like James <laughs> Harden back in took more mid-ranges and floaters. He'd really he, become unstoppable. He used to do that. That's the thing. He stopped when D'Antoni got wow. there. Like if he took then Tony probably went in his air was like, yo, bro, you the greatest. I need to take all these threes. Yo, <laughs> That's you, bro. <laughs> nah, he really has the automatic green light. He, he besides Braun or somebody Steph, of that stature, he probably has like he probably has the greenest light in the NBA. That's like, oh no, nah, that's crazy. So you're telling me in the East. 
there are only three teams fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, <laughs> the, I, East, I'm not even going to pay I attention to that. I didn't even know the that. Wizards were there. I didn't <laughs> even know the Wizards were there. I'm going to keep it a thousand with you. I did not know the Wizards were in Orlando well, right speaking, well, speaking of the Wizards, Bobo was using them as like a practice dummy the other day because he just came out and like dominated. He was looking like... I don't know if y'all saw that pull up three he did in transition yeah. after the block. Yeah. He was giving I me did. KD like vibes that. with that one. I like that. You know why I like that? Because he didn't get a bowl of Nurkic. He looked them all. He's like, nah, I'm jacking. <laughs> yeah, Jokic was like, yo, swing the rock. He was like, nah. I'm jacking. Let me let me take it up the floor. Let me take it up the floor. I got it. But it's nice to see that someone who hasn't played all year has the confidence to do that. Because, I mean, that shows that they believe in he their abilities. Out. He hit the ones in the corner. So that's always yeah. good. True. He went like two for three. He was shooting a lot though. I think he went six. He ended the game six for fourteen, um, two for eight from three. So Ooh. five turnovers. But it's good to get that out of the way because you know yeah. you're playing against the Wizards. It's a scrimmage. It's your first ever NBA first action. NBA game. I'm not mad Max. at that. But you also got to remember that the people on the Wizards probably aren't wearing trying particularly too hard either. And I don't know why the Wizards are there, to be honest. They're also the Wizards, so what are we really saying? <laughs> True. Yeah, there's no Bradley Beal, there's no John Wall, there's no Davis Bertans. Like, they have no offense. I don't even know why you said Davis Bertans, bro. Because he's their third <laughs> option. Because <laughs> he's their Thomas Bryant. Yeah, <laughs> but I they, Thomas Bryant. Nah, Bertans is, their, is dead their third wants option. You could tell when he wants to. He give it up when he wants to. We just named their whole starting five. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Wizards, I don't, I, I, I won't be, I, I probably won't be tuning into their games unless they're playing like someone that I expect to really dominate them. No, I'm only going to watch if the other team is the team I want to see. Yeah. True. But going back to Bobo, the ceiling is very high. Oh, yeah, definitely. It depends on injury, because like I said, big men always get injured. and I'm a- Yeah, his health is a major factor. I mean, look, when he was coming into the league, he was dealing with... That's the main reason why he fell all the way to 44. Yeah, why he dropped so low. And then Miami picked him, and then they traded him to Denver. Yeah, nah, trading him to Denver was not a vibe, because Denver is only a few more pieces away from potentially winning a championship. Denver is and he could be one of those pieces away from winning a chip for, for a fact. Him and Michael Porter Jr. just like fell into their laps. Like these no, guys I'm dealt with injuries. Not, he's not going to make it. Who? He's not going to make it. Who? No, if Michael Porter Jr. Michael turns up, bro, it's, the Nuggets could be an actual problem in the league. Now, when, a real problem. I don't, I don't think he's going to make it. I don't think he's going to make it. I don't think he's going to be healthy enough. I don't think he's going to get back right. I just don't think he can make it. Well, I mean, that's all. Mm, I don't know. Because he, he did deal with a lot of injuries in college. And then coming yeah, to the NBA, he missed his first whole year. It's crazy. Yeah. Back, injuries. back injury is crazy. But then, especially if you're like 6'10", and you jump like that. You're like 6'10", you trying to jump like that? Nah. And he has drop foot. Yeah, he, he does have drop foot. A bad foot. But the thing is, the, the, the games that he did play, 25 or more minutes, they're 6-0, and the Nuggets. So that's a positive right there. So hopefully he can stay healthy. Hopefully, when he come back. hopefully Bo can also stay healthy. And then we, then we could possibly see the Nuggets' real potential possibly next year. Because, I mean, it's not I impossible. Like they're literally like one to two pieces away. Because this doesn't look like the team where uh, – I mean, obviously, there's, like, pride and ego still. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't look like the team where 
somebody would fall out because they don't feel like they're getting paid enough. If you get like a high draft pick, maybe like a lottery, you don't even got to be number one. Or you get like a good trade, probably for like a Bradley Beal or something. Yeah, you got to pay that. Nuggets man. could nuggets could be crazy. Nuggets could be crazy. I, I definitely, I, I, I agree. But at the same time, I feel like there are a lot of teams that are one 30-point score away from. But isn't this I don't even know if the Nuggets though? need... I don't even know if the Nuggets and need to have another 30-point per game scorer, to be honest. No, nah, but it's just good to have one, you feel me? Because if you look at any team or experience winning a chip that you would have winning a chip right now, they have at least one to two 30-point scores. Like the Lakers, Clippers, Rockets. Uh, true, Bucks, true. Very true. Raptors. Those teams, Sixers, those teams, they have like definitive 30-point scores. Like go out there and give me 25-plus. That's all I need. That's all I need from you. But this is what we wanted to see. I, I know this is what I wanted to see. As an NBA fan, I was getting kind of tired of the uh, the lopsided narratives that you would see at the beginning of the year. You would We would already know who would win the chip yeah. a couple mm-hmm. games into the season. Yeah. You feel me? Whether it was Golden State on their run, whether it was Miami, mm-hmm. whether it was any team LeBron was on. This is the this is the type of uh you see like these next like I would say like uh one to three years we're gonna have like a major shift in the A from like the face of the NBA to multiple this we might actually see like a different team win every year. Sure. Like, I, I, I can I agree definitely with I definitely can see that. Repeats, but what I will say is is if LeBron wins this year I think he's gonna win next year. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, yeah, but yeah, because AD will stay. AD will stay. Better in the off season without making a blockbuster move, which again I don't see happening because I feel like the time to make a blockbuster move was definitely last season. Last yeah. season, was the best time to try to make a blockbuster move with LeBron not in the playoffs. That is the best chance that anybody ever had to win a championship. And now that LeBron's back, I think. A lot of other players' chances got ruined because if you think about it, LeBron's went to what eight straight finals. That means he, he hasn't lost a playoff. I mean, around in the playoffs for eight straight years. Yeah. Come on, that's OD. That's OD. The last time LeBron lost a playoff series, we were not in high school. True. But you know, you guys, the way the what you guys said about um like the parity of the league, a lot of people think that's actually going to change with this bubble, because with the bubble, teams, I mean, players are allowed to talk to whoever they want to from any other team, and it's not considered tampering. Yeah, a lot of tampering going on, but I it's mean, not considered tampering because they said they're able to talk to people, they're able to hang out with people in their hotels, and then when I think around, I think JJ Reddick said on his podcast, I think around like July after July twenty ninth. They can go to whatever hotel on the campus to any other team's hotel and hang out with whoever they want to talk to whoever they want to. And there's no problem with that. And a lot of people think that because of that, the next super team will arise from this. And that's not impossible because, I mean, we've seen from Team USA in the past, like all the way back in 2010, when Steph Curry became friends with Kevin Durant and Andre Godala, that's when the seeds were planted for that super team to even begin. So what super team when the Warriors came together because um, Iguodala and KD, there was an article I saw that was released a couple months ago that talked about their experience on Team USA. And they said their friendship began with Steph 
in that 2010 FIBA run. Okay. And that's what led to them eventually all coming together when they when they all came. Like Iggy came that off season 2000, I think 13, and then KD came in 2016, and then that all was because of the friendship that they began in 2010. And a lot of people think this bubble will serve as that same kind of um, breeding grounds, I guess you can say, for another NBA super team. And I I could totally see that. I could I, see that with the young guys, like uh, like who? What like give me a scenario. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of players in the bubble right now that D book would probably like make a quote unquote super team with. Cause the only place I've seen him and the only people I really see him linking up with is cat and D mm-hmm. But, um, <clears throat> it's a lot of these guys played in college together. Like, yeah, you runs together high AAU, school. Um, and remember they're still young. So like after that rookie contract is over, we could possibly see like, a lot of people making moves depending on the type of relationships they got, depending on the type of rooms they in, um, depending, depending on their skill too. Cause killers only want to play with killers. Yeah. No, That's I'm why KD play who he play with. That's true. Um, I want to, I, I under, nah, I, I'm sorry. I slightly agree with the premise you guys are making, mm-hmm. but I just don't see any, combination of stars who are probably willing to leave their franchise right now that could result in a super team well, like, it doesn't a, have to be Giannis, it doesn't even have to be Giannis. now Giannis going where Giannis is going to Miami bro <laughs> oh nah that's still not a super team that's nah, not any team he other. goes to is a super team nah, he literally team. has nobody right now he has nobody Jimmy Butler is about as good as Chris Middleton is, to be truthfully honest with you. And Chris Middleton, True, but he's higher on he's higher on that. Uh, I'm not even gonna say old time, but he's higher on that current NBA. Star. Yeah, he's ranked higher than Chris Middleton right now to me. Okay, I'll give you that. Well, not according and on to Bleacher Report. They're a young team, Giannis and Bam. <laughs> Giannis and Bam in the front court. Yeah, that's problems. Miami is yeah, also one of the only teams that's actually been able to give Giannis some fits this year. So there's also that to think about. But not even just like Giannis, but like who knows, maybe like from because look, the what I was talking about with, with 2010, look, six years later, KD finally came to the Warriors and all that came to fruition. Yeah. Six years from now, yeah, who I'm knows like, who knows who's gonna want to join up with who from this bubble. He had to he had to lose three one for this to happen. KD don't lose True. like that. But who knows what I circumstances doubt. will present themselves in six years from now? We can't, we can't, all, we can't true. really say right now. So, who knows? Jason I think it's just something interesting. Ah, nah, nah, they're gonna give him a match. Yeah, they're gonna get him the match. They're not, they're not giving that boy up. Jason Tatum is good enough to start a super team, so why not? But he's gonna get the match nah, from Boston. That is, that is true. I get I'm, gonna, max I'm telling you, you what's gonna happen hard. right now. The Celtics are not letting go of Jason Tatum anytime Jason soon. Tatum, and if they do, they're going to ask for a bag. They're going to ask for a bag. out of there. You could come to a team like the Knicks, and you will be a god amongst men. That's a fact. That's but, all I could say. Like this, a lot of players, they, the they always... You've been in they, the league, like, what, three years? And you've made the playoffs twice? Why would you go to the Knicks? And that's a good that's point. A Think about it like this. <laughs> we're talking about building super teams at the same time. True. But that being said, feel me. Also, we're going. We're we're about to get Lamelo. So come on, Melo. 
Tatum. Oh, but I'm not even about to get too deep into that. Jojo sounds like a true Knicks fan right now. <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm a true Knicks fan. Like, I bleed orange and blue. Like, what do you want me to say? I feel, I feel you on that one, though. I feel you on that one. But, Jason Tatum will never. I just, I just don't want to. I don't want to jinx anything about Lamelo yet. That's why I haven't said anything about Lamelo. I don't want to. Yeah, because if you don't get number one, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, this year's draft. I don't want to talk about the draft so much yet because I have future plans for that. But I do think that I think there's a possibility of Lamelo not going number one, depending on the team that's picking number one. Because I I think this is. I think this is. I think this is a need-based draft. I don't think this is pick the best player. I think this is more of what your team needs, you need to get. Because this is a guard-heavy draft. And a lot of teams in the top of the draft already have solid guards. So that's my point. I want to say further draft stuff for a future episode that I have in mind. So I'll keep it at that for now. All right. Since you want to keep draft stuff on that, I'll do that. But like I said, Jason Tatum will never be the, the savior He'll never be that guy for the Boston Celtics. The I think he already is that guy, though. No, no, no. He's already that guy. Franchise respect. Just hear me out. People like Kevin Garnett, he's placed roots in Minnesota and with the Timberwolves so well that he's now almost able to buy the team. Same thing with somebody like D. Wade. D. Wade is so is so patched in with Miami that he can get in to certain doors because he's good with Miami and things like that. And I think him and Rick Ross are actually trying to buy the heat. Well, I feel like that's only a matter of time with Jason Tatum. Cause I mean, we're seeing the seeds of that being planted. We were seeing the seeds of that being planted um, right before all-star break. And then after all-star break, when he was on that run where he was just averaging like 31 points per game on like mm-hmm. 55% from the field and like 50% from three. And he was just mm-hmm. going off against like every team in his path. Yeah. So I think we were seeing the the fruits, the, the seeds of that. And unfortunately the season got cut short before we could actually see what was going to happen to the rest of it. But now in the restart, we'll be able to see even, I think more of that. So. I don't know. Like I said, LeBron is, He's so good with his franchises that there are things he could do. Feel me? I don't think Tatum could fire a coach as a Celtic. Oh, of course. Probably not now. Not yet. And I don't think he would want to. No matter where he goes. (laughs) If LeBron says, I don't want him here and he's there the next day, the level of a problem you're going to have is ridiculous. I'm just saying, Tatum comes to the Knicks, he could say, yo, I don't like him. Get him out of here. And the Knickerbockers are going to go, yeah, you're packed up, homie. And that's that's the type of future that I believe. That's the type of ceiling I ha- I believe that Tatum can have. I feel like he could be one I of those. The Knicks will do that for anybody right now, though. Yeah, they're that desperate. You averaging more than twenty five, <laughs> bro. Who you want on the team, bro? Who you want on the team, bro? <laughs> that's a fact. <laughs> like we don't have the cap room. We could do it. I'm telling you. But speaking of it the is, Knicks, actually, nobody smart in front in the Knicks front office right now. Well, now there is actually, but I want to actually speak briefly on the Knicks before we get back into some of the takeaways from the scrimmage. Um, They still haven't hired a head coach yet. They're still interviewing. um, They recently interviewed Kenny Atkinson, former Nets coach. Um, You don't like him? I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't be mad at that. I like what he did with the Brooklyn team. 
I think we should over go the through. past couple of years. Because look, the Knicks, as much as like a lot of people rave about Thibodeau, I feel like Thibodeau is the right coach for a contending team. The Knicks are a developing team, so I feel like they need a coach that is that specializes more in development. And I feel Kenny Kenny Atkinson did his thing the last couple of years with Brooklyn. So I feel like he would be he would be able to bring some of that over to the Knicks and possibly um help their guys develop as well. So he does that's a lot what, with very little. I give him that. Yeah. You want to talk about doing a lot with very little. Thibodeau also did that too like with the Chicago Bulls. I don't care what nobody says. He built those Warriors and had them competing with powerhouse teams in the West, like the Spurs, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, every single year. And then Steve Kerr came in and then it just went to the next level. Or it was just their I'm time. I'm not even going to lie. If they kept him, I don't know if they would have won the chip, but that was going to yeah. happen regardless. Like, See, but you also got to take this into account, though. When they won the first chip, Kyrie and Kevin Love were hurt. So I, I'm not trying to downplay the situation, but not, let's not act like it takes a, a superb coaching to beat a team that lost their number two and number three guy. True. But nah, I feel but like I'm there's a lot with Mark, Mark Jackson's Jackson, X's and like, O's that... Yeah, he that, implemented some crazy stuff, bro. They still wanted to run David, like, po- plays for David Lee in the post and stuff like that. He still wanted to ro- run, like, po- low post action with the two best shooters. Like, he he even, he said himself they're the two best shooters in the world, but he still wanted to run post action. Like, you can't, like, his style of play wasn't yeah. wasn't something that was towards, I guess, the modern era. Steve Kerr came in, and that's when they implemented that, like, a lot of the new plays that we see a lot of teams run today. Steve Kerr implemented a lot of those plays, but Mark Jackson was still focused on like that a sort of old school style of ball, which I don't blame because I mean that's what he like grew up playing. So yeah. But um back to um the scrimmage games. I mean, there's not much we can take away from the scrimmage games because I mean um one thing I can take away is that a lot of these shooters have not lost their touch, as we saw. Um, Duncan Robinson yesterday went like 18 points, five for eight from three point, and he had a stretch where he was just like he just kept shooting and he was hot. And we saw Seth yeah, Curry today. Cool it's cool in a scrimmage. True, but I mean these guys they've they've shown they can do it all year. So I mean it the fact that they come back from this layoff period and they still got the touch and they're still going is pretty. I said it's pretty is is a pretty good sign that these guys are in pretty good shape. Yeah, that's that's true. But at the same time, it's not even about doing it all year. It's about at the end of the year when there's nothing else left. Can you still do it? Can you hit the one that we need or we got to go home? That that that's what it boils down to, because at the end, it's a it's all about results. Um, We had Victor Oladipo play today. That's good. So that's that's a sign that he's probably trending towards actually continuing for the the rest of the regular season and the playoffs. Because there was doubt there. We got also the return of Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins to the to the Trailblazers. I feel like that adds some things for their depth because we know they were struggling with injuries all year. Um, they moved Melo back to the three, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I yeah. think Melo's big three, and I'm gonna say it again: Melo is big three. <laughs> Wait, you mean as a as a three guy or uh, or the big three league? Yeah, he belongs in the big three league. Oh man. Yeah, Melo's big three. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, y'all. So I'm gonna just tell you why I think the Lakers are gonna win a chip. Ready? 
So the Rockets are going to burn out because they always do. And they proved it to us year in and year out that they will burn out. The Clippers have Paul George. And I don't care what anyone says. As much as Russell Westbrook is to blame for the lack of success and playoff success in Oklahoma City, Paul George is just as liable. Paul George is horrible. I watched him shoot two for 17 in an elimination game and they blamed Melo, which was even crazier, but he, he was definitely big three. He was definitely big three too. He was big three. I think, I think we got to give Slim Melo a chance. Cause Bro, ain't nobody trying to hear that. I watched that man rob the New York Knickerbockers. I will not stand for the Melo praise. Oh man. Okay. Anyways. Um, I think we've covered most of the, well, not most of the scrimmages, but we covered like what stood out, I guess, the most in the scrimmages. Um, Very interesting take on um, why you think the Lakers are going to win the championship. But, oh, yeah. Eastern Conference. And then the Bucks could win, but as long as Giannis doesn't have a jump shot, that's going to serve to be a really big problem. Because if you're telling me, that the game has to be decided by somebody like Chris Middleton taking a jump shot or Eric Bledsoe or even yeah, Eric Bledsoe very, very shaky. No, they're all very shaky. I don't think Chris Middleton is playoff proven. Bledsoe's the most shaky, though. Like, he's the one. I'd rather give the ball to Chris Middleton over um, Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, but even then, I just, I don't, I'm, I'm not confident in putting my playoffs on the line, on a jump shot from Chris Middleton or Brooke Lopez for that matter. Well, I mean, we'll just have to see how it all plays out because, I mean, anything, it, this thing is all up in the air right now till we actually see these guys play, like, in those seeding games and even um, the playoff games. But um, let's get into some players that we're actually looking forward to in the bubble. I'll go... Um, I'll go you first. Go first? Okay. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, well, I mean, we already got to see one of the players that I'm looking forward to. Bo Bo. Once I saw that he was in like practice clips for the Nuggets, I was like, we need I like I was like, I need to see him in some game action because if they're gonna use him this much in practice, then he should be able to then they should be able to utilize him in the games that we're um we're gonna see. And it was very refreshing to see him play in um that first scrimmage game. Mm-hmm. And he looks solid. So I'm hoping they I'm hoping they utilize him in the in their playoff rotations, but probably more than likely he won't because by the time playoff roll around, they'll have their full roster and they probably already have their playoff rotation figured out. So there's that. Um, another player I'm looking forward to is um Jason Tatum. Most deaf. Because Jason Tatum was like, like as I said before, he was killing it before the season came to an abrupt end. And I was just like, man, if he could keep this going until the playoffs, like he, the Celtics are going to be, they're going to be a super fun team to watch, but they're also going to be like a team that you need to watch out for because of Jason Tatum. Um, 
and yeah, that's it for who I got. I'm looking forward to. I mean, I'm I'm mostly looking forward to basketball being back. Period. But those were the two names that I really wanted to like, really like focus on because of how things are going. But all right, so I'm a Laker for life. So I'm always happy to see LeBron play when he's wearing the purple and gold. So that'll be nice to see. I was also very interested in seeing Bowl Bowl just to see his mechanics and how he's gonna be able to maneuver in an NBA game. Now, obviously that was just a scrimmage and nobody was really trying and the lineups were all wacky. So we haven't seen Bowl Bowl used at the capacity we'll probably see him in, in the, at least the regular season games. But I am excited to see him. I'm excited to see Jokic too, because I heard he lost weight and he's not big three. So I believe him losing weight can actually hold some forbearance and some things that are going to happen. I don't think Melo was going to be the difference for Portland. And that's the only reason I I, I had to say that because Jokic, he's I feel like Jokic has the chance to be the best center in the NBA. If AD goes back to the four, if AD stays at the five, it will be AD. But Jokic, he can be the best in the NBA. So I'm excited to see that. And I'm excited to see Joel Embiid because I want to see what's different about him this year than last year because he lost on a game seven buzzer beater that could have very easily went the other way. And we could have saw Philly advancing and perhaps either beating or not beating the Bucks, but it'd be a different outcome. So I want to see how he's able to bounce back and show us playoff Joel Embiid without having Kawhi there to spoil his fun. Yeah. With the, um, with the Sixers, I am sort of looking towards toward um looking forward to Joel Embiid, but I'm I'm more looking forward to them as a whole because they were one of the teams that was very inconsistent during the season because of the way their team their lineup was set up. So I don't know because we I know for a fact we were complaining a lot for because of the way that they ran their team and whatnot. So it's interesting to I I'm interested to see how they they run with their new lineup and their bench because I feel like putting Al Horford on their bench makes their bench deeper in a way. It does because I feel like even though he's not a starter in the NBA, I feel like as a veteran off the bench, he can be very solid and he could be very helpful in the playoffs and I think he's never missed a playoffs appearance ever since he's been in the NBA. True. True, true, true. And like, I feel like what he couldn't do with the first unit, Mm -hmm. he can do, he can do more of that with the second unit because he'll be able to utilize more of those playmaking skills, be able to, um, he'll be, he'll be, I think he'll be more comfortable. He won't like, he won't be more comfortable in the sense of actually being on the bench, but he'll be more comfortable with that second unit because he'll probably have more offensive um, control, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness, who were we just talking about? Why can't I remember their name? Al Horford? Ben Simmons. Oh, Ben no, Simmons. I just forgot both of their names. I'm sorry, I was drawing a blank. I actually have a few more players I'm excited to see. I want to see Jimmy Butler because I've been hearing a lot of news about things Jimmy Butler's been doing, and I want to see if it's going to pay off because Jimmy Butler is a B list guy to me. 
And right now it seems like he's trying to make that jump to, you know, superstar in the NBA. So I want to see the progress he's been making. I've been hearing he's been dribbling on people's heads and I love it. I love to hear (laughs) stuff like that. Go sleep somewhere else. I don't care. I'm getting better. And that's what this is all about. So kudos to Jimmy Butler. I want to see how that's going to work out. I'm I'm excited for Jason Tatum too because I feel like he's he's like a B plus. He could, you know, he's getting to that A level in the NBA. So we'll see how he turns out. But like I said, well, not like I said, but like it's been proven, Jason Tatum's at times in the playoffs does come up a little short, and that's going to be a problem because once that gets tacked on to the narrative of your career, it's hard to get rid of like James Harden's going to have to, you know, he's going to have to overcome a lot before we can ever believe he's going to be good for the playoffs again. After seeing some of the abysmal performances he's put together with the game on the line. So we'll see. Facts. We'll see. Um, guess that's it for today's episode. Unfortunately, Frankie had some technical difficulties, so there's that. Um, We'll be back very soon, actually, on Monday, so make sure y'all stay tuned for that. Um, Frankie did say his players that he was looking forward to are Braun and Bull and Slim Jokic, he says, hashtag Slim Jokic. So we'll catch y'all next episode. Make sure y'all tune in for that. We We will actually be giving our award predictions next episode for the MVP, Sixth Man of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, Coach of the Year, and Executive of the Year as well, because, you know, that award matters somewhat. But we will be giving our predictions for those since voting is taking place right now. So we'll catch y'all next time. Make sure y'all tune in. Make sure y'all subscribe. Make sure y'all leave a rating. Subscribe, subscribe. Make sure y'all follow the Twitter and Instagram page at FBL NBA Pod. Follow, follow. And make sure y'all check out the links in the description. Link, link. And that's it. Bow.